Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Our topic this week involves violence. Um, you know, I guess on a... In today's... Uh, in today's culture, it's probably going to be a more controversial uh, podcast. I mean, people are getting uh, canceled for talking about what we're going to talk about, you know? Yeah. Well, I sent you that email. We got canceled from, I, I forget what it was, Facebook or something like that or whatever. Who did? Um, we, our podcast. Apex did? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I sent you that email. Okay, I'll, I'll have to dig that back up and send it to you again. Are you I said, sure? hey, look what we got. I kind of like a badge of honor kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, are we, are we officially canceled or did it just stop working? We got an email saying that that um, something about our uh, our Facebook group page has been done because of, of having misinformation or something oh, like okay. that. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I was wondering when that was going to happen, you know, but, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing is this week, so first, last week we got the FBI raid on, in, uh, on Trump. Trump. Yeah. The whole, <laughs> like, that was such a, a bogus joke. Uh, I mean, talk about political targeting. Yeah. And, 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 and look, but we know that we're being targeted, uh, politically. And violently, yeah. um, and then it, it's not that long ago. Uh, I think it's like three or four days ago. Some dude, like the story is that some dude tried to bust into the FBI building here in Cincinnati, and I hadn't heard about that. Okay, so he's armed. Get this: he's armed with an AR-15 and a nail gun. Huh. And he tried to get in. I I don't know if he actually fired any shots, but he couldn't get past the opening security. Yeah. And then he ran off. They shut down the highway while they hunted him down and killed him. Oh, they killed him. Yeah. We have no idea what huh. his plans were, why he was doing it. Uh, That's so weird. Yeah. It's kind of random, like and I just... I don't know. Yeah. That I, who in their right mind would trust what the FBI is saying at this point over uh, exactly. what this that, was. It's like okay, something happened, but you can't trust the FBI's version of it. You know that yeah. now. And you can't uh I don't know. It's, is this a guy it, who had a beef? It, it was he is he some kind of weird protester who for some reason, thought that this was the answer to fight the FBI? Or is it some guy who had something personal, like his wife had been uh, murdered or even just targeted by the FBI, and so he was just kind of going nuts on them? I, yeah, I don't know. It's, out, I, yeah, It's such a weird story that nobody will ever know anything more about because that's the way the FBI, and in conjunction, oh, yeah. they're... Their propaganda wing, the media, that's how they work. They don't, they would never mm -hmm. tell us. So, I don't know. It just brought to mind this question. Is, is political violence okay for a Catholic? 
And yeah. of course, is, is there a circumstances stance under which we would say, yeah, we we should countenance that and perhaps even participate? Well, and I mean, there's such a broad range of what we can right. mean by political violence, too. So we're going to have to categorize this and and say, okay, in this circumstance, this this and this is okay. We've already talked about war, open war, mm-hmm. and we right. kind of defined what would really justify it and stuff like that. But we're talking about something slightly different here. Think uh, during World War II, Germany occupies France, and they have the French resistance, or the Polish resistance. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Germany is literally trying to strangle the Polish uh, culture, everything from their schools, their language, they're trying to choke it. And uh, it seemed like at that time, a certain amount of resistance, violent resistance was called for. That's the way I've already seen it anyway. Right. But uh, again, when things happen gradually and it's not an invasion from an outside force, how, how do you, identify the thresholds right what what's the gauge here and i guess the the first gauge is how serious the threat is that the we're going to assume that when we talk about uh this we're talking about whatever um the civil authority that is in active power at the time you know so i mean Mm -hmm. you went political violence against a a political group that is not in power doesn't make any sense. Right, right, right. So, you know... So, like, um, for, for example, like, if, if somebody... We would not, for example, be talking about uh, going and committing some violence uh, against the, you know, if, if they were politically opposed to us, which were, they're more aligned, but, like, the Tea Party or, or something like that. Right. You know... That, that wouldn't be the kind of thing we're talking about. They are, they might, there might be leftist groups like that that are, um, well, not, uh, Black Lives know, Matter. Political. Or they, Antifa. Okay, I think Black Lives Matter, but for example, Black Lives Matter might be engaged in violence right there in your, your neighborhood or your city, and then you might use, you know, protective defensive violence in that specific right. context. Uh, but let's let's suppose there were a purely uh, political and nonviolent um, version of Black Lives Matter um, or something like okay. that. Yeah, that's not the thing we'd be talking about because they don't actually as they're not the civil authorities in charge. We're talking about the government, basically. Yeah, and if 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 your government has been commandeered by an outside. Uh, force, but but even then, I I quite you know look if if you fight a war and you lose the war, guess what? Your government is now controlled by you're the loser. Uh, the winner yeah. gets the spoils, and that includes um the commandeering your government. Control. I mean that's that's control. They got control. Why? Because you lost. So even then. In mo- many cases, I don't see uh, political violence as something that you could engage in. I d- in most cases. But, I, I mean, things like, 
in some of the case, especially with with the Nazis, um, sometimes the governments were giving up without it even fighting. And it's like, let's say Biden gave control to China, which he kind of does. Um, that's not the will of the people here. So um, if China came in and started running things and it's like, OK, we need a way to we need a way to wage war. But we have no army. And that's the thing. In, in all the cases before, when we talked about open warfare, our, our point was that it's not really warfare if you don't have an army. If it's just a group of guys, a secret society, that's not war. And you don't have uh, any justification waging war when you have no real way of winning because you have no army. But... Political resistance is a little bit different than that, and political violence is a little bit different than that. But I don't, right. I don't know. So, go ahead. Here's the thing. Let's let's start with the obvious objection to even engaging the conversation. Um, you go to the Bible and open it to the letter of Paul to the Romans, chapter thirteen begins with. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, he who resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of him who is an authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good." But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. He is the servant of God to execute his wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be subject not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. You know, that is a good starting point, because if you think about at the time when that was written, we have uh, Judea being occupied by Rome. And that's the whole, I mean, a Pontius Pilate was the governor of Rome appointed by the emperor. And we don't, I don't, I don't know what we know exactly about that time period, but I don't think there's any uh, record of any major wars that Rome had to overcome in order to t- occupy. It, it seems more like uh, the Jewish government giving them control. Oh, right. So right. you could imagine at and that it, time where the people are like, well, wait a minute, we didn't, we have a king and that's the guy we follow. And what are these Romans doing right. here? And, and that's, that's Herod. <laughs> that would seem like a good case for resistance. But throughout the Bi- throughout the New Testament, it seems like Jesus doesn't smile on uh, that kind of violent resistance. I mean, he. So I don't know if it's mentioned specifically, though. We always talk in all the Jesus shows. They show people like Barabbas as being some kind of political warrior, but I don't think we know that he is. Do we? Uh, I mean, in one point they just call him a murderer, and they 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 call him a murderer, and I don't know that the Bible calls him an insurrectionist or anything like that. Yeah. But here, here's the thing, though. Um, when you're reading that, and okay, so you, you know, Paul refers to the authorities, um, those who are in authority, and and that sort of thing. But 
What if you try to kind of break it down and deconstruct the the terminology a little bit? What what does it mean for someone to have authority mm-hmm. with within a given area of land? Say that you know why is it that the emperor is considered the authority? Uh, you know, is it merely the fact that he has guards who, if he tells the guard to kill you, will kill you? And therefore, he has the power to make your life uncomfortable if you don't do what he says. And therefore, he has authority and therefore you do what he says. I mean, is it is it like that? Is that the extent of what it means to have authority? I would say at its very base level, yes. I mean, the guy who, the guy who can uh, control you that way, he's, he has authority. He's got, if someone says, if you don't pay these taxes, you're going to jail. Right, they've got the authority. So, okay, I, that's if they, he has authority to collect taxes. So there's, there's very, and and I read this somewhere else. I forget where I read it, but there's very little distinction. In fact, I don't know that within Catholic thought there's any distinction between the words authority and power. Yeah, power, authority. If you've got the power to exert pressure, then that's authority. Right. And so if you, but so start looking at things like, you know, on the one hand, okay, those in charge, you know, those who are, uh, however it comes about in whatever land, those who sort of hold the power, they are the authorities. And so on the one hand, St. Paul seems to be saying, well, go ahead and submit to them. Um, I mean, they have power anyway, but, and, and, they wouldn't have that power if God had not permitted them to have it. Yeah. So go ahead and submit to them. But at the same time, um, in a certain area, a certain land, if those in power are you know difficult to deal with for whatever reason, and a sufficient number of who would normally be subjects also now you know through whatever mechanism of organization and, and secret meetings, whatever have the power to overthrow the existing ones in power and to somehow bring about some kind of change, well, then don't they, if there's very little distinction between power and authority, don't they then have authority to do that? Especially if their intentions, their motives, and the mechanisms, the means, um, would fall on the side of right thinking. Yeah. I mean... In, in a case of open warfare, you have to have an army. But in a case of a coup, you just have to have enough connections first to get rid of the guy who is in charge of that region. Even if it's a small, you know, if, if we're talking about Cincinnati and Cincinnati's controlled by this mayor and we have the power to get rid of that mayor, <clears throat> number one would... Cincinnati's mayor be recognized by people outside of Cincinnati if new people mm-hmm. jumped in his place. Number two, right. would the rest of the city understand the guy who took over as the new leader? Or would it right. just be, right. hey, there's some crazy guy in City Hall, we got to get him, and the town rises up against him. Th- yeah. Those things there's, would there's, matter. And that Exactly. So there's... There's the question of authority slash power, which I think for our discussion, we can treat those as equivalent. 
And then there's the question of legitimacy, uh, which is not um, some kind of objective um, test that you can apply. Rather, it's the question of recognition by, you know, those from whom such recognition matters. Right. If you if you have some plan to become, let's say, the governor or the mayor or whatever, um, and once having done so, you know that all of the things that you would do are good for the people. That would then be your, you know, your charges, Subject. say. But you would not be able to accomplish that good because nobody would recognize or acknowledge you as rightly holding that power. Well, then it makes no difference. The, you know, your legitimacy uh, is shot and, and therefore there's no point in exercising the power to be able to take the reins. Yeah. So really both aspects have to be in play. And that's something that the Founding Fathers worked out very carefully before they took any steps. That's what the Declaration is all about, is establishing a theory of legitimacy by which they could fully exercise and legitimately exercise those reigns once, for example, they rebelled against the, the ruling power of the king from England. So that is in a... So here we're talking about a coup where the... Official authority of the land is officially overthrown, but there are cases like in uh, in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, England controls Ireland, but there are Catholics. Yeah, there are Catholic. I don't mean right now. I mean historically. Oh right, or right. Okay, Scotland yeah, even. Yeah, in history. Um, right. There are Catholics who are being oppressed, and. So this organization forms that is not necessarily trying to take over the government. They are trying to exact justice uh, when Catholics are are pressed on. And I I guess justice and vengeance is a fine line here. But they're trying... it, It is a terrorist organization. They're trying to make the guys in control who are being mean to Catholics be afraid to be mean to Catholics. Look, if you do this, if right. you shut down your church, suddenly your building's going to blow up. And I can't, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know a whole lot about that whole world, but I know there's a situation that exists there that uh, the organization is big enough and has enough power to actually have some legitimacy, even though they're not trying to actually take over the government. They're just... Right. They're just trying to get the government to change its character somewhat. So that the Catholics get a fair shake. I mean, at the time mm-hmm. of the founding of America, Catholics could not own land in Ireland, if I understand mm-hmm. that right. I'd, my okay. history's shoddy, but... I'm pretty sure that's the case. You couldn't own land, not in Ireland, if right. you were a Catholic. So um, there's a case like that. But let's say, I guess let's let's put it in American terms. Um, yeah. Right now, I think right now, definitely, political violence is not justified, as far as I can tell, in any case. Um, 
because I, I, number one, there's a peaceful, there's some kind of hope of resolving the problems we're experiencing peacefully. Oh, right. right. The, the way the uh, FBI is raiding innocent families, we talked about this last week. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, right now, this can still be handled in court, and there's still hope. Even though the elections seem like they've been stolen and we're never going to get them back, and I guess that's kind of my gut feeling, uh, it's not hopeless. You still, We still have to go vote because there is a chance that we could fix this. But um, let's say that it was obvious that we're never going to have a fair election again. And the FBI is the strong arm of the uh, Democratic Party, the same way the Ku Klux Klan was the strong arm of the Democratic Party at one time. But now they're legitimate. They're the FBI. They have full control of the government, it seems. Um, Yeah. We can't fight by raising an army. let's take it a step further. Okay. Let's suppose suppose then that the... um, that the Democrats somehow, and I'm referring to them as as the you know as being in charge. Let's suppose that they somehow, and that this this is is far fetched and and not realistic, but it's the kind of thing to to I want to create a situation. Let's suppose that they uh, somehow bring about a change such that the judicial system, the courts, the judges are absorbed into and operate under the executive uh, branch of the government Mm -hmm. instead of being a separate branch that's independent by themselves. Which is in far-fetched because they're they're trying to do that right now. I mean, they're they're not close to doing it, but they are trying to do it. They would love to do it. But then the FBI, who, you know, serves under the president... Then when they do their raids in this kind of stuff, and then you say, oh, well, you know, we're, we're going to sue for this kind of damage or, or for our rights or whatever. Now you go into a court and guess who the judge, you know, yeah, works for. Guess his job is no longer to be an independent judicial um, balancer of reason. His job is to serve the president that he works under, just like the FBI's. Okay, so let's say that kind of situation evolved. Well, then the you know those in power start using their uh, power to um, enact violence against you know whatever groups of people. Obviously, that such a government would enact violence against those who we consider to be good groups of people. Yeah, but they might also enact it against certain groups that we don't consider to be so good. But but the point is. They're doing so um, solely for the sake of of increasing, maintaining, and wielding power, and not for the sake of the good of the population. Um, okay, well then, would there be justification in taking steps to disrupt their operations so that it's more difficult for them to um, commit violence against people? That's kind of the big thing, is disruption. Um I mean, if you're a prisoner of war, I don't know how it is now, but you see all the World War II movies about POWs. They actually have a job. As a prisoner, their job is to 
get as many uh, enemy soldiers occupied guarding them instead of out fighting. Right. That, that, they, that was part of their, their soldierly duty. Part of the, the code of soldiers uh, was to try to escape so that the enemy had to post more guards on the, on the uh, prison camps and fewer soldiers would be on the battle lines fighting. And once escaped, they also had to continue to do Wreak things like sabotage. Possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is this is the job of a soldier who's been captured. Um, right. So there's, I guess, that doesn't equate to a person blowing up a FBI building. But it does no. mean that um, there is a... At least not in our current situation at the Right. Certainly not. But, okay, let's... Let's look at like the KGB, which is what what the FBI is on its way to becoming. Yeah, exactly. That's so. It's not so yeah, much that a Russian the executive branch. Uh, it's not so much that the judicial branch works for the executive branch. It's more that the executive branch works for the judi- judicial branch. Okay, let's suppose that it goes that way then. So and and now you've the reason got reason I'm thinking. The, the reason I'm thinking the, the judicial under the executive is because everybody gets together and votes for the president. Yeah. He's the head of, he's the top of the executive heap. And so if we say, oh, let's just put all the judges, let's absorb judicial into executive, then they can claim that that's the democratic way and that that gives it legitimacy because you all voted for the president. Right. Yeah. And there's, again, I mean, Look, obviously, they know how to cheat in an election. That's just, everybody knows that now. Uh, That doesn't mean there won't be any more fair elections. And sometimes, no matter how bad a situation seems, you do have to, you do have to spend some time. You, You can't look at what's going on right now and say, this is it. We have to fight this right now. Because, uh... Trump may very well take the White House back. I mean, that's not out of the realm. So there's hope, again, for fixing this peacefully. But let's say the hope is gone. We do. We no longer I mean, have elections. How about people in people in Venezuela? Okay, yeah, people in Venezuela. I mean, do do they have a right to enact disruptive violence against their government? They're leaving they're trying, in droves. You know, when Morado is yeah. trying to oppress people. Coming up here. Who who was the guy down there? I'm sure I've got his name wrong. Um, I don't know, but he just retired. He just gave up power. Uh, Oh. Hold on. How do you spell Venezuela? Or let's let's go back when when Chavez was in charge down there. Hugo Chavez. I mean, did people have a right? Was it right for people to just disrupt that government because it was so evil and corrupt? I would... I would say yes, but only, number one, as a group. There would have to be a group, mm-hmm. and not a group of 10 or 15 guys. A, 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 an organized group. Oh, like an organized resistance kind of thing. Yeah. So that you you kind of, so, so, there's sort of a uh, a pledge of loyalty to a set of ideals, and, and a, even if it's not official, uh, some, some quasi- um uh sense of commission 
and and that's very similar to how how the government sees like maybe some of the militias in America yeah. today, and and of course they they want to paint them all as right wing extremists, which maybe some are, uh, you know, may, some some are maybe white national or uh, not white national white supremacist kind of extremists. Uh, I don't think all of them are. I I think there's some that that actually a lot of black people maybe belong to. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you've got something like that, number two, if if there's a point to the violence, mm-hmm. I mean, it can't just be tit for tat. I mean, if if the violence doesn't lead to some kind of uh, say relief for the people. It's like, if you've got a governor who's so corrupt, um, and more corrupt than, say, the other governors, who is, I don't know, who, who's shutting down everything good and promoting everything bad, um, and getting rid of him would actually alleviate some of the pain. I don't know. Again, well, do they have the power? Could there be... Could there be a point, though? Here, here's the thing. Let's suppose that you're not going to overthrow the governor or the government or whatever it is. And, and you're not necessarily going to get the government to stop doing the evil things it's doing as long as it continues to remain in power. But um, by taking certain... Uh, let's say targeted actions against that government's institutions. Um, is it possible that maybe the effect you have then is to give the people, the rest of the people living under that government, continued hope in the possibility of something changing, so that the movement grows to the point where it could conceivably really overthrow and replace the government. You see what I mean? Yeah. It, it, when you when you think about meaningfulness, does it have to have some kind of direct meaning in order to be righteous? You got it. I would say you got to be careful there because uh, you know, say during during uh, the Vietnam War, there were these anti-war groups who they were beginning to organize, mm-hmm. and they were bombing not. They were planting bombs just to uh, show their power so that they could recruit more people. Oh, okay. So are you doing violence yeah, just to advertise? Yeah, which is a little bit different than, than what I was saying. But, yeah. But, yeah, I can see where, um, you, you know, if, if, if you're not a philosopher, which most people who, who would run militia organizations are not, uh, you, you might not even understand the distinction here that we're yeah. making. Yeah, yeah. Um, but another thing is, could you, by doing things like this, could you, look, let's say you've got the KGB, they they pretty much do anything they want. If mm-hmm. you're an, a KGB officer, might you be a little bit hesitant to beat the hell out of an old lady, knowing that there's some kind of organization that is watching you? And might and take revenge. Take direct responsive action. Yeah, right. If you could make something like that exist, and if if it were strong enough to actually overcome, uh, you know, two or three FBI raids, and then the whole thing's gone, 
I, I would say in some cases it would be justified. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because if, if 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 a group gets big enough and strong enough that it has the power, well, that is the authority. Now you look down in in Mexico. Remember last week uh, there were some uh, some members of the cartel at war with the government. Mm-hmm. I mean. The cartel is kind of the authority down there. Right. They are part of the authority anyway because they control it. So and, and you you basically got two authorities down there, the government and the cartel. Why is one more legitimate than the other one, especially since they're both corrupt? Right, right. That's. I mean, we in America, we say, oh, the government is the legitimate authority, the cartels are not. And, of course, we say that because... We don't like the cartels because they import drugs into our country, which we don't like. Um, but, yeah, if you want to just analyze things on a, on a sort of strict, objective basis, um, if, if they can do what they do to exercise their power and they can do it effectively and without resistance and, and so forth, uh, then they're, you know, one is no less legitimate than the other. And it's not like governments don't do these same things. Uh, China right now exactly. is pumping America right. full of drugs. This is this is China. It's the government there. Mm-hmm. They're they're uh, they're pumping drugs into America in order to bring it to its knees. I would I, I would you wouldn't surprise me if you told me that they're also involved in uh, um, human traffic. Oh yeah, kidnapping and human trafficking. Um... Exactly. And you know, both, uh, you know, Mexican cartels and Chinese as well as other Eastern country um, interests do that. Yeah, they do. Plus, I think, like, Middle Eastern, too. And as a matter of fact, I I was saying last week, I, I don't really have any proof for this. I just, talking to a Mexican guy one time, we talked about a lot of these things, he mentioned that... You make money however you make money, and you either pay your taxes or you pay protection money. One oh, of those right. things have to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just okay, the way so it is. So there's two authorities. Know, let's say this then. Let's, let's suppose that you know with a moral certitude that this set of government officials uh, right here on American soil are involved in... Uh, kidnapping and um, and slave trading Americans. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't know what you know what you would have to have to constitute moral certitude. But if you had that moral certitude, then could you say, okay, you know what, we're going we're going to go ahead and 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 come up with a secretive plan. We're going to execute some of these officials that are involved in this activity. Even though we may not ever be able to actually prove to anybody why we did it. Yeah. Well, that does kind of bring up a... I mean, uh, I don't know how much you know about Pizzagate, but... I'd heard it. I, I mean, it sounds so weird and goofy that I, I... I mean, that's one of those QAnon things, isn't it? I have no idea where all of it started. I just know that in the leaked... Uh, emails from the White House, Hillary's stuff, there was obviously some sort of code language for pizza. Now, whether 
it was just women or it was little kids, which is what some people were asserting. I don't know. But um, there was... Okay, so that's where it came from. It's yeah. like, okay, there's this pizza language being thrown back and forth, and, and, and it clearly doesn't refer to pizza. And then various people's imaginations fill in the blanks. Yeah. And it it got to the point where there was a specific pizza joint that they claimed was actually holding uh, young children and renting them out or whatever, with trafficking kids. And So do you think maybe there's something really, like, this is the kind of thing that I could see de- leftists doing, that that conservatives, I, I don't see them even being able to, to think this way. But this is an example of something where you could have, like, okay, something really bad and nefarious is going on here. Um, oh, these emails got leaked. Now everybody's talking about them. We need to come up with a story that is very bad and nefarious, but also that is so misdirected that it'll peter out as people realize that that's not what's going on. And so they, the leftists, came up with the whole, uh, oh, the pizzas refer to children I kind of think so, yeah. To hide something else that's going on. Yeah. I, I think it, it was probably just girls. And maybe slightly underage girls. Look, the, the whole Epstein thing, Clinton was involved with the guy. And oh, yeah. yeah. I think you probably, probably were talking about underage girls. Um, okay. Even to the point of being barely pubescent. But mm-hmm. what what people ended up thinking it was was actually like 10-year-old child, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, really and right. it's like mm-hmm. a guy went to the pizza joint and started shooting it up, trying to find the the uh, rooms where they were storing these little kids. And it's like, you know, it, yeah. it so got... So the end result is that everybody who thinks that there's anything at all to the Pizzagate stuff is a kook. Right. Yeah, that's what ended up happening. But there... Clearly is something going on with the language being used concerning pizza. Mm-hmm. That's real. It's just not yeah. So so that but that's an example. So somebody might have cuz different people arrive at at what they believe is oh, it's completely proved, you know, with with yeah. really different levels of disposition. Yeah. And so if you say okay, you know what? They're trafficking kids. It's time to take violent action. Well, maybe not. Maybe because you might be wrong. And now what you've done is is undermine maybe something that might have eventually turned into an actual investigation to uncover what was really going on. Right. And I think, I guess this is why I say there has to be some sort of legitimate group that is organized and that does recognize some kind of authority within the group. Right, right. Um, and again, I don't mean the local gun club. I mean a, a right. national, or at least as big as that region is, uh, group that is led by men with a little bit of sense. Because... Mm-hmm. And it's, it would have to be something that is like, it's not... The group itself would have to, with you know, internally, it might be secret to stay hidden from the government, 
but internally it would have to be something with a certain amount of transparency because you don't want a lone leader to be able to then use the group as a weapon that it can target for his own personal reasons or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, I don't so know all how... the things that apply, all of the things that come into play when, when you talk about a government having legitimacy to uh, make decisions that control people's lives to an, to an extent, all those same features would have to be there in such a group. Yeah, I would say so. I don't know how that a group like that could exist in this day and age. I mean, with with the level of uh, you know spying and and all the different oh right the, right with I, infiltration. Yeah, you know, we we see more and more how the like <laughs> you know with with all of the FBI like infiltration and and prov- provocateering and that kind of stuff and uh, with with. Whether it's January 6th or the the uh, Michigan uh, Governor Whitmore thing yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff, don't you kind of don't you have this kind of weird eerie uh, sense of of like being in like a reversal of the novel The Man Who Was Thursday? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's because like they're... it's like everybody in the government is wrong. <laughs> it's like. The whole government is bad, and all the people that the government is targeting as bad are innocent. Yeah, they're not even they're not even parts of anything because the the, yeah. the organizations that are supposedly uh, doing this stuff doing they're, this they're all peopled by government informants and government yeah. uh, people on the government payroll or something. It's it's, <laughs> it's like a like, fake uh, organization. <laughs> That yeah. doesn't really it's, exist. It's, exactly. I guess, it's you know, so it's kind weird. of like... It's almost surreal. It's kind of like a fake enemy for the go, uh, government to point to oh, in like, order, uh, like, like uh, 1984. 1984. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow, we said that at the same time. Exactly. So Which, I, why not? I would say at this point, there is no real organization uh, that would claim... Enough legitimacy and transparency to fill that role. I think maybe something mm-hmm. like Proud Boys was becoming that. Maybe. Yeah. But um, again, our the circumstances aren't dire enough for it to excuse any kind well, of right violence. to go in that direction. Right. It's it's. I mean, we should still focus on on political activity and that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, you know, um, there is, uh, you know, believe it or not, Thomas Aquinas actually treated of this very question, um, not necessarily in the same, um, the same depth that we are because his world was, of course, very different. But he did treat of the question of, of um, is um, regicide killing the king Ever is there some hypothetically possible circumstance in which that would be acceptable as as a morally yeah. right thing to do? And his conclusion was that yes, there might be. However, he also he he never came to he didn't come to the conclusion that that was ever the only right thing to do. Because in the case of a despot, um, he whether it's you know, a monarchy or a constitutional type 
despotism or whatever. Um, one of the things that he said that you know people could do is to simply pray, and while they're praying, suffer through it. And his part of his reasoning, which especially applies here in America, is this: that if you have a constitutional despotism, um, then you, the people who are the guardians of that constitutional order had something to do through your own weaknesses, your own sinfulness with bringing about that despotic state. And therefore it's just that you would suffer that offering that to God as a consequence of your sin while you pray for a, and work within your constitutional order for a change. I would say that's especially true here in America right now. Yeah. Look, exactly. we we created this problem by not standing against evil from the very start. And right. now I think we're going to get to a point I I think we really are going to get to the point where people are starving to death in America. Um and this is directly because all these woke idiots allowed it to happen so they're going to be starving it's not like it's not like only right-wingers are going to starve everybody is everybody will starve including the woke idiots and it will be the right-wingers fault for being afraid to speak out and tell these woke idiots you're an idiot wake up not not in 2020 but in 1960 and 70, and 80, and 90, and 2000. Yeah, we've been asleep for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. Not uh, just ignoring a problem that we all knew existed. Or at yeah, least a I lot mean, of us It's kind knew. of been like, hey, as long as it makes my life more comfortable, I'm all for it. As um, long as I can and, do my 40 hours, get my retirement, mm-hmm. then what do I care? What do I care if they're killing right. babies by the millions in America? Yeah. That... Even good Christians ignored that and said, "Yeah, but uh, this politician is gonna is gonna feed the poor, or this politician's gonna change uh, these laws that I want changed." So I'm not even gonna make abortion part of my voting system, or uh, other things that you know. That's been happening for a long time now. So whatever oh, we yeah, get, yeah. we kind of deserve. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that we say, oh, I deserve it. And so, okay, I'm going to do nothing and just suffer under it. it. It's, okay, I deserve it. So I'm going to prayerfully, while refusing to do evil, excuse me, do evil myself, I'm going to prayerfully offer up the sufferings that I have to undergo as a result of this. But I'm still going to work within the available constitutional order to try to bring, bring about change. And I'm going to do so more fervently because I recognize my failures from before. That's the response we need. That is exactly the response we need right now because, um, look, I know, I know that, you know, specifically I didn't do anything to ignore this. I mean, we, we took part in ways to change it, but there's, we are judged culturally as a group, you know, Nations are judged mm-hmm. as nations, not just as individuals. And so we have to share in that judgment. 
and right. the and, punishment. I mean, at some point, the judgment may be that we don't deserve to go on as a nation or that we deserve to fall under a fully despotic power as a nation. Yeah. And, and you know, God could let us go there. The, who knows what, you know, what, what judgment it was that befell, say, North Korea or Cuba or whatever for them to fall under those despots. Right. I would say almost a whole generation has to pass before at least Americans earn the right to create that kind of a resistance group. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I to me, the big thing here is organization and authority. Because whenever you've got a group of people who are in some kind of uh, movement who believe in something and try to accomplish things for that, you got people who just aren't very smart and who will who will do violence who thinking that they're going to help the situation when they're not. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that's very common. That's why the FBI is able to create these fake little uh 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 I can't the word is thinking uh, conspiracies. Conspiracies, let's say. Yeah, yeah fake conspiracies. The I, FBI I mean, is creating fake every conspiracies. Every conspiracy is a fake anymore. Yeah. And it's always, in, in fact, the FBI uh, leading I, it. Now you you got to go back and wonder how long has this been going on this way? Because I don't think it began in 2020. No, I would, I would think that it probably started. I mean, does it date back date in back the 60s the era, or even in the 60s? Yeah, I mean some of, some of the uh, you know the, the so called violent hippie movements were yeah. some of those just provoked by the FBI. Now we have to kind of question that whole history. Yeah. And they, and I mean the the well, look, we know it's happening. So um and and like I said, when you've got individuals who are dedicated to something, they can be very easily persuaded to do something that normally they wouldn't be persuaded to do. Mhm. I look, we knew people who in we were well, in the pro-life I movement was, and I was going to br- even bring up like like and I'll I'll be frank about this I'm not going to say names uh, right. there's one name I won't say and one name I will say okay, okay. so we had our platform republicans right mhm we we've, we've talked about this on the podcast before I I forget which one but yeah. we've talked about the platform republicans in Cincinnati Ohio and there was a group and it was during the platform republican um, sort of time that the Oklahoma City bombing, the Timothy McVeigh thing. Oh happened. yeah, yeah. Okay, so when that happened, one particular member of this group reached out to Ed Simon. You remember Ed Simon? Yeah, can't eat chocolate. Um, reached out to Ed Simon and said, "Hey, we got to meet, right? I mean, it's starting. This is this is us. We're doing it, right? Yeah. The, you know, this is the thing." And Ed Simon had to tell him and kind of rebuke him and say, this isn't us. We don't believe in this stuff. Yeah. You see what I mean? How easily somebody could be manipulated that way, though. Yeah. And if Ed Simon were an FBI agent who's like, I want to get, you know, I want, I want. Oh, he would have encouraged it then. Yeah. Under my belt. He would have been in a position to just say, hey, you're right. Let's meet. Exactly. And he would have been applauded for doing that by his. Yes. Superiors, superiors, and so forth. and and right. even the media who has said, "Look what this great FBI agent uncovered," 
And it's like, he didn't uncover right. anything. He just encouraged he, this idiot to go he, bomb someone. Right. I'll name another situation without naming names. There was a guy who wasn't real bright, and this is before the platform Republicans. This is when the Protestants were running everything. Um, oh, right. Mm-hmm. He had come up with the idea to strap himself with dynamite and go blow up the Planned Parenthood building. An abortion clinic. Okay. I mean, right. this he, he just wasn't real bright. And he thought this was right. going to help the uh, the movement. The movement. Now, he would not have done it to where it was going to hurt anyone. It was the building itself that he thought if he disrupted the building, it would save babies. That's what he thought. Oh, right, right. It was purely a, a infrastructural disruption kind of thing. Yeah. Except that he was going to die in the process. Yeah, he was going to die in the process. And the leader at that time seemed to have taken it serious. As if maybe oh, right. this is could happen or should happen. Now, I think, yeah. I don't know if somebody pointed something out to him and he changed his mind or if if maybe he was never going to consider it anyway. He just wanted to, you know, he was just, just kind of... with ideas. You know how we'll talk yeah. about things. You know, it's like when, when, you're, when you're coming up with ideas, you throw the extreme ones out as well because sometimes they trigger other thoughts, whatever. Yeah, so I don't know, but... This guy, who isn't very smart, was planning on doing it. And then wow. when push came to shove, he was told, no, no, you can't do that. You have to, yeah. you have a family yeah. you have to take care of and stuff like that. And it's like, guys like I that exist. You mean. Yeah. In both cases, I'll. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think you do. Um, guys like that exist all over the place. Right. Exactly. As a matter of fact, a lot of guys who sincerely thought that we were going to take over the government, went down to Washington for January 6th. Now, I don't think the majority of were these kinds of people, but there were mm-hmm. guys down there who thought we're going to go in and take over the government. Hmm. I think the woman who got shot uh, was maybe one that. of those. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, if I understand it right, the way her language seemed to indicate that she thought we were going in there to take over the government. I don't know if she... Well, I do know that she didn't do anything violent. Because she didn't have we've a got, gun on her. Yeah. And she didn't... Uh, you know, whether I mean, she we've got videotape not, of her. It, her shooting is a is a, is a uh, atrocity. Yeah, it's an out-and-out murder. And and the, the guard who shot her should have been prosecuted. But those people are not hard to find if you get into right. any kind of movement. Right. Yeah. And when you get into a movement where, you know, you, you you hook up with a group of, you know, so many guys in a small city um, and they talk and they talk and then that kind of idea comes up. You know, some guys mm-hmm. think, yeah, this is the chance to, to change our country. And they right. don't realize where it's going. And it just seems like every time that happens, the guy pushing him is an FBI agent. Turns out to be a government guy. Exactly. So I guess, number one, if any of you out there are thinking about violence in at at this time in America, number one, don't do it because there's no justification yet. Yeah. And Uh, number two, don't talk about it because you don't know if the guy next to you is an FBI guy who's going to get you going. Number three, he probably is. 
(laughs) (laughs) It seems to be happening an awful lot. Even more and more. (laughs) Even Ruby Ridge. Ruby Ridge was a plant. At at Quantico, um, I bet they actually have classes that the FBI guys take in recognizing people who can possibly be manipulated into violence so that the FBI can then take them down. Yeah. I bet there's classes on that that go on in FBI training. There must be, because they seem awful good at it. Yeah, they do They do seem good at it. Yeah. Um, so I guess, okay, what we've established. Number one, uh, you it can't be done. Uh, political violence and things like sabotage can't be done by a tiny little group. It's got to be somewhat organized with authority. It's not something that can be justified on an individual basis or by a small group. Now, if it's a case where you've got an individual person who maybe, let's say that you've got someone who has been taken into FBI custody or police custody, Mm -hmm. and you know that there's some kind of plot to kill them, you know, that, that, that they're not going to live or Mm -hmm. something like that. And so you say, okay, let's, let's hurry up, get a group together to do what we need to do to spring that person so that they can stay alive. Maybe in that kind of situation, but that is, you know, that's not the same thing that we're talking about when we talk about political violence, sabotage, that kind of, you know, disruption, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm thinking of like St. Paul being let out of the city gates by friends so that he could escape the city where they were looking for him because they were going to arrest him. He was let down in a basket, you remember, by one of the houses, yeah. you know, through one of the houses on the on the ex- outside wall. I don't think like they that. killed any guards, though. No, they didn't kill anybody. Okay. The, but, you know, yeah. but they frustrated, they frustrated the local authorities by helping him escape. Yeah, that would be one thing. So, that's different. But we're but, talking about violence, and it's like, no, that's not an individual decision. That's like... You've got to have something that that has the same earmarks for legitimacy as a government would have. Yeah, yeah, like the IRA. Right, Um, right, in Northern Ireland, for example. Yeah. Um, Number two, the violence has to actually have a point. Some sort of legitimate point. Mm -hmm. It's going to actually fight an evil that the government is doing. Yeah. Can't be, we don't like them, so we're going to hurt them. Yeah. Uh, it or, could be, we need them to think twice before they... That could, yeah, that's... You know, take certain things. That could be a legitimate That is legitimate. A, but, but it can't just be, oh, I like doing violent things to people that I don't like, so... Yeah. Um, and... I guess those are the two big things that have those to absolutely two, but, have to but be there. The third thing is that when when we try to apply it to America now, I mean, remember the admonitions of of Thomas Aquinas that you know y- y'all put yourselves here. Yeah, we so, did put ourselves here. Uh, so take instead of going the violent route, take it as an opportunity to offer suffering up to God. You unite it with the sufferings of Jesus on the cross prayerfully for our country and then redouble your efforts to to bring about change within our constitutional order this is the chance to become martyrs in fact 
I would say this this is you know we've talked about how special America is before and yeah. and we you know even though we didn't follow through we wanted to do our American history series and that kind of stuff. Yeah. America is the place more so than any other country on earth where this concept of hey if if it's gone wrong it's your fault so pray and keep working within the the order to change it that applies more right. than any other country on earth yeah america it, is yeah. the place where that applies so if there's a big problem hey uh it's been growing for a while and you've been ignoring it and now now people are starving but you guys you guys made it yeah, this way uh blah, 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 blah. It seems like there was something else I wanted to talk about. I can't remember what it was, though. I thought there's something that ought to be brought up, and I I just can't remember what. Tangential or directly related? Directly related. Well, I'll probably think of it later, but I can't think of it right now. Um, I guess in in the end, it has to be stressed very clearly. No, there, there's no justifiable political violence that can happen right now. In America. In America. Maybe in China. Maybe in China, maybe in North Korea, maybe yeah. in Cuba, not in America. Right. This is, and, and above all, we still have a chance. There's, yeah. There are things happening in individual states to try to turn things around. Another part of this is that it, America is different in that one thing that can happen in Ohio might not happen in California, but Ohio can you know, be changed whereas point. California can't. In America, America is also a little bit uh, unique in that sense because um, the states, uh, America is composed of the states. It's not divided into the states. It's not like, um, there's a subtle difference here, but it's not like there's America, the big country, and then, oh, we need to have these subdivisions for jurisdictional purposes in order to, to, you know, help things um, happen appropriately at more regional levels or whatever. So we subdivide into states, and then the states have their things going uh, under the umbrella of the total American government and so on and so forth. No, no, no. That's not how it is in America. In America, the states are the thing, and then the states united makes America. America is composed of states, not divided into states. But what that means is that you as an individual, if things should come to some kind of violent head, you as an individual owe a greater loyalty to your state than you do to the federal government. And if it would ever come to a conflict between the federal government or the the central government and your state, you belong on the side of your state, period. Yeah. No questions. Even if your state is a bad state like California, you still belong on the side of your state against the central government. It's my understanding that uh, at the beginning of the Civil War, uh, Robert E. Lee was expected to lead a Union army, but because he was in Virginia and he was a true Virginian, he went down to Virginia instead of, uh, instead of taking the commission for the Union army. Oh, okay. I don't know about the whole Union army, but he was, but yeah, as a general in the Union. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. 
So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Your state is more important than the United States as a whole. And also, there's the fact that you still have a chance to move to a different state. I don't know about that, right. though. You know, um, about moving as, as a way of, of, of avoiding the, the problems that are coming. The, um, yeah. I don't know. Like, my kids were talking about, okay, let's say America just... The fact is, we're getting bad faster and faster. Let's say the whole country goes down the toilet. Yeah. Do you move to Poland? Right. For example. My kids were bringing this up. And for them, being 18 years old, um, I could go either way on that. But for me... I couldn't go either way, personally. I could... Yeah. yeah. I, I... Here's the thing. I could not fault my kids for going either way, but I right. could not go either way. Right. So when they discovered the, the new land, the, the America, and people were leaving, say, England because of England's oppression, um, I could see young people saying, hey, let's go start this new thing over here. And But yeah. uh, I happen to love America. And as a matter of fact, <laughs> oh. I happen to love Cincinnati. I didn't always, but I, I kind of don't Cincinnati see me moving away city. from Cincinnati. And it's not yeah. just the city, it's the land around it. And mm-hmm. I don't even know what to, how to explain. I guess all, all I can I say know, is patriotism. I like Cincinnati. to the land. This right. is my city. And I would have to stay here and either die as a Christian fighting it or helping to make change yeah yeah because even if you die as a christian say say fighting you know cincinnati persecuted you as a christian or whatever but you would be doing it for the sake well okay you're doing it for the sake of christ but yeah you would be doing it for the sake of the land which is kind of what the christians the early martyred christians you know they not just that but they didn't fight against even the emperors who were persecuting them they prayed for his prosperity. Yeah, I think uh, St. Thomas More, who who offered up his own life for the sake of the king who was putting yeah. him to death. He goes to death, and, and on, on his way to the scaffold, where they were going to behead him, he said, I die the king's good servant, but yeah. God's first. That's kind of how I think of our country, our cities, and where we're headed. Because, mm-hmm. right. but it, no matter what, I think right now at this current state, I think America is probably the most free place you could be. I don't think yeah. moving I to think Poland right now fear. would help. Yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. people don't realize how easy we, how good we have it here. Especially these kids. They, they think, they see... Some of these injustices, the FBI raiding these families, and it's like, oh, this is terrible. Well, hey, you yeah. think you're going to get anything different in anywhere else? Some other. Do you think the government doesn't do this everywhere? Well, and the thing is, that's the thing. It's like um, young conservative people. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't speak out because people will not like me. My professors won't like me. Um, yeah, I'll get canceled canceled on Facebook or whatever. It's like, for heaven's sakes, now's your chance to do that when that's the only consequence you're going to get. 
Yeah. It's kind of like, it reminds it's, me, when I was a kid, I don't know if you, you experienced this with your friends, but, you know, we grew up in a family that was stricter than most of the kids around us. Yeah. And so, if I did certain things, I mean, I got, you know, spanked with a paddle, uh, grounded, uh, various, you know, penalties. Yeah. And so... But, but you know, I was a kid, and I was perverse as a kid, and I wanted to get away with and do things that I wasn't supposed to do and so forth, like every kid kind of yeah. does. And so I would be, but I'd be talking to my friends, and I'd say, hey, let's go do this. And their response would be, no, if I do that, my mom will yell at me. <laughs> really? Your mom will <laughs> yell like, at That's you? All? <laughs> Your mom will yell at you? <laughs> what that I had it that easy, jeez. Exactly. <laughs> My mom will yell at me. <laughs> I was never afraid of being yelled at in my entire life. No, I didn't care about being yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, I, I think I think that's about all we can. Say. I don't have anything else to say. On this topic. I think that's probably enough to get us banned on Facebook. Yeah, maybe that's even right. YouTube. <laughs> For misinformation. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's look at the news. Look at the news. Uh, so I guess uh, it looks like at least 10 shells hit a power plant um, in Ukraine. They're saying... I can't even say this name, but I, I swear these Russians and Ukrainians put like 12 consonants together. How are you supposed to say this word? It reminds me of that, um, that show with Danny Kay, where he's trying to pronounce, uh, the name of a disease or a medicine or something. And he's going, and he, but Zaporizhzhia. Zia, nuclear power plant, gets hit with 10 nu- shells. So it's a nuclear power plant that got hit with 10 shells. Russia and Ukraine are both blaming each other for this attack. Um, it damaged an office building and the plant's fire station. But I guess it didn't It didn't hit it in a way that was going to cause, like, say, a meltdown. So... Um, I wonder about those things because we we've got these nuclear power plants and it's like we worry about human uh, failures and like in Chernobyl it was run by idiots uh, who were corrupt who didn't do things the right way they were always afraid of being yelled at by their governor um, or sent to a gulag maybe I don't know if the gulag still existed then but um, and that's why the that's why the meltdown happened. But what do, I mean? If you well in Japan, there was almost a meltdown, wasn't there? Because of an earthquake. Remember that there was oh, an earthquake yes. and a tsunami, and uh, it wiped out their power plant, the nuclear power plant. Um, what about like bombs? If somebody just bombed a nuclear power plant, would that? What if they? completely knocked out the cooling station for the power plant. What happens Well, then? you know, we had we had our um, 
the Three Mile Island in yeah, you know, you know, I never actually looked into that. I I hear it mentioned, but mm-hmm. I never actually looked at what is that? What happened? Oh, right. But I don't. Okay, what that was just it human was, failure, wasn't it? It was a partial meltdown. Okay. Um, where where is Three Mile Island? Uh, it's in Pennsylvania. Okay, Pennsylvania's still there. I drove through it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's 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 the most significant accident in U.S. commercial nu- nuclear uh, history. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, began with th- failures in non-nuclear secondary systems, followed by a stuck open pilot-operated relief valve in the primary system, allowed large amounts of reactor coolant to escape. Okay. And I, th- I guess when the, the coolant escaped, that means that they didn't have as much coolant to, to cool the, the radioactive uh, core or stack or whatever um, and ended up, you know, being like a partial meltdown. Uh, it's categorized as a loss of coolant accident. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the United States, we um, did the right thing in response. We said, okay, let's, let's figure out how to... Um, you know, improve the the um, the designs and the regulations yeah. of the systems to so, you know so that that stuff doesn't happen. It's my understanding that um, in Germany, Merkel, Angela Merkel, the mm-hmm. president there for a while, she pointed to the earthquake in Japan and that meltdown in order to gain publicity for her own uh, campaign and then once she was elected shut down like 10 nuclear power plants in Germany mm-hmm. and now Germany doesn't have enough power doesn't have power yeah, I mean they're buy and borrow power so and and things are getting worse with with I know you know gas prices went down a, a hair because of all the uh, <clears throat> the oil that we released from the national reserves but but this is a this is a temporary thing. I mean, we're still in a serious crisis power wise here, and yeah. things are only going to get worse. And it's we worldwide. No, we don't. I mean, if we could, let's hope that we can hold off for a few more months until at least November. Maybe we could uh, flip the uh, Senate and the House. And then right. uh, two more years, we can get control get of our president. Maybe we can uh, turn this around. Start turning some stuff around. <laughs> I don't know. It's things are kind of dire, and I don't. A lot of people don't realize how dire things are, but they will. Um, anyway, it did not lead to a meltdown. Uh, it was the plant's fire station. So if there's a fire, I imagine that's going to suck. But. Uh, Neither Russia or nor Ukraine are taking credit for it. I no. can see, but these were like, shells. I mean, like, like these were shells. shells. This was a a military action, a bombing, and Russia's saying they didn't do it. Are they denying yeah. credit or just not speaking up? They're saying that it was Ukraine. Oh, okay. And Ukraine, of course, is denying it. Yeah. It's kind of weird. If, if Russia was going to bomb a nuclear power plant, you'd think they'd bomb the doggone plant. Yeah, it would It would be, I mean, it would, like, meltdown time. That's that's 
or like dispersed radiation or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm inclined to think, no, maybe it wasn't Russia. I kind of don't think it was. Because they, they have the power to do it. They. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got the hiccups. I get the hiccups in the middle of the show. I gotta go get a drink of water. <laughs> All right. Get a hiccup in the middle of... <laughs> Did Wolfman Jack ever get a hiccup in the middle of one of his uh, DJ... Uh... Yeah. Like... <laughs> All right. Let me mark this so I can... Uh... What was that? All right. I just... I think I lost... Yeah, I lost. lost First I got the hiccups, and then he hung up on me. Hey. Hey, sorry, I lost you. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, all right. We're back again. No more hiccups. Looks like the hiccups are gone, and we're back in line. Uh, 34 people are injured after two roller coaster trains collide in uh, Germany. I don't understand how how that that happens. They're not supposed to go in opposite directions. I know, because, like, I mean, we, we we see, like, but, you know, like, in King's Island, you've got the trains, and they put, like, on the racer, okay? Yeah. There's there's two, two trains tracks. on that track. Yeah. But they have safety mechanisms built in, because there's the one train that's loading, and then the other train is off doing its thing. But... If the other train gets done with the track before the first train is fully loaded and, and ready to go, it stops way back before the loading area. Yeah. There's a safety built in. Well, they're saying so collided together, well, like crashed it, into each... Like they were going in two different directions, the way this is described. Wow. It was not yeah, immediately I'm, I'm thinking clear. that maybe the, uh, maybe this, the stopper before the loading area wasn't working and it crashed into the loading one. Okay, that would that would be something that seems like it could happen. But At least that's, makes sense. That's not but, the way it's described. Wow. It's described that, that's as... That's really weird. I would not want to go on a roller coaster in Germany. <laughs> Did you yeah. say Germany? Is that where it is? Yeah, it was in... Uh, I don't know. They... You, how would Which you do that? Here? How would you get... Because the roller coaster, it like has to be taken up a big hill. How could you have... Gunsberg, Bavaria, Germany. Line? Yeah, I don't know. I Maybe it's just described incorrectly. Because I'm looking at pictures of the roller coaster, and it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like something like that could happen. I think they all go the same way. They must have just... One crashed into the other. <sighs> I bet the safety stop failed, or like if it's um, operator, the operator didn't do it. Okay, yeah, but you'd think they would be interlocked somehow, so that even an operator failure couldn't cause it to happen. Right. Uh, Something. I don't know. It it was a. Seems like a, a. It seems like one of those mistakes that just shouldn't happen. And yeah, my kid is stealing my mouse, so I'm making a transition here. Your giving kid him his is mouse. Stealing your mouse? Yeah, mouse, that? mouse. The yeah, like computer. computer mouse. Yeah. Well, he had his mouse hooked up to the computer, and he wants it back. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's giving me this old junky mouse and taking his and so. 
All right, you know, I'm I'm set up now. I've got this this uh, going off on a tangent here with the roller coaster story. Uh, I have this design, like I mean, I've been doing it mentally, and I'm trying to figure out how can I get to the point where I can at least create a model of it. Uh, but I've got this design mentally of a roller coaster that uh, the whole train at one point goes airborne. It's off the track. Yeah, get it out of your head. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I would never go on that. No way. I No. And while there are thrill seekers who would definitely go on that. But it's the kind of yeah. thing where there would be like a bazillion sensors to make sure that all the conditions are right. And what would happen is if, if the conditions are right, as you're approaching a certain hill, the top of the track drops away. And it's like, okay, we're going airborne. And then, but if yeah. the conditions aren't right, the track stays in place. Well, I wouldn't go on it. <laughs> but all right anyway um okay so oh we already talked about the gunman wearing body armor trying to break it yeah because of the fbi main topic. uh so the environment agency of england kind of like england's epa declares a drought oh. across eight of its 14 areas amid the ongoing heat wave why does the EPA wow. have to declare something a drought? Doesn't that maybe? Seem weird? Okay, no, it doesn't, and here's why. So, like for example, our government, under certain conditions, will release monies that are available for emergency oh, measures. Yeah. Okay. So, like for example, FEMA might declare a state of emergency in a certain area in response to, say, a hurricane or something like that. I think it's that probably for that purpose. But this is, it, from what I can gather when I'm reading about it, seems like a, a protection agency, like the EPA. Yeah, you. That it, it's that's what's weird because, like, our EPA, at least in America, the EPA is like regulate regulation oriented. Whereas yeah. uh, the the federal emergency management is is more like making things happen that need to happen yeah. in special situations, and so we we would not look maybe to they the combine EPA those two for some kind of emergency declaration of any kind, even if it is environmental. Right, but but you know, oh well, you said that I guess they're declaring a drought, so it's like uh, there's a drought in England that's covering like half the state, more than half the state. Um, in Las Vegas, there's a flood that kills two people. Wow, Las so, Vegas. Yeah, and that's, Vegas is a, a dry. That's a desert. <laughs> the isn't deserts it, are Las flooding. It's like city that's sitting in the middle of a desert. Yeah, there's no water there except for right now because it's all flooded. I guess not. Yeah, all it does flooded, rain in it, Las Vegas. I guess it's one of those like, like. Do you know how that deserts there are? Areas are they? Where yeah, especially when it America rains, it I really mean, rains. It's not like the Sahara, but like, well, not only when it rains, not only does it, really but it rain, is kind but, of. But the water is channeled in very specific areas that then like swell and become violent and overtake and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, so that's basically what happened, and so you had streets that were flooded that like practically covered cars. And oh my uh, gosh, wow. Two people died, apparently. So, uh, 
Okay, this is weird. And we're talking about both in Poland and in Germany, there's a, a bunch of fish die all of a sudden. Uh-huh. Uh, they pulled Poland in... Germany, a bunch of out of Poland, they pulled out... Start floating up in the The Oder River. Yeah, the Oder River. All of a sudden, there was a bunch of dead fish. No, there... This is obviously some kind of contamination, but... Uh, Don't they have even, not like, saying, tighter controls over their, like, companies dumping chemicals and stuff like that than we do? Well, they still, they're acting like they don't know why yet. Prime Minister vowing to punish those responsible. Doesn't he know who's... Re- when you poison a, a river that much... That's... Isn't it obvious? Gotta be obvious where it's coming so, from. So, okay, this is the Oder River, which goes through Germany and uh, Poland. Mm-hmm. So uh, where does it start? Which one is upstream? Let's find out. Goes through Poland, Prague. You know, one thing that bugs me about Google Maps is, like, you can't highlight a river and then just follow that along. You have to go oh, through. Oh, right. You have to zoom in and then zoom back out, and it's, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think. Germany is after Poland, I believe. So Poland, it is, like so it. somebody in Poland had to be the one that dumped the chemicals. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if is the Oder River in Slovakia? Is it in Hungary? Oh, maybe it, it passes through some places before Poland. Well, uh, well, apparently the the dead fish are only in Poland and Germany. So oh, it must have been okay. someone in Poland who did this. Poland dumping. Okay. Well, you'd think the Polish government could probably figure that out pretty quickly. Who that was? Yeah, and they're and promising to punish. Thing. Yeah, but I imagine they already know, and they're just haven't they're just told us waiting yet. until they decide what to do about it. So, bunch of fish. They're telling people not to get in the water. Whenever you see mm. a bunch of dead fish. Don't get in the water. Don't get in the water. <laughs> yeah. You They're think saying people's natural like like just inclinations of you know would be like no that's gross I don't want to get in that water regardless of whether it's dangerous or not. <laughs> yeah, but okay. Here's the the funny thing about the report that I'm reading it says regional environmental the EPA's said water samples taken on July 28th. This is weird. Showed an 80% probability that they contained mesitylene. M-E-S-I-T-Y-L-E-N-E. Although this was not present in the samples taken after August 1st. What do do they mean an 80% probability that they contained a, a, a substance? Can't they just either... It either contains the substance or it doesn't. It's such a weird way of saying this. Prob- probability of containing the substance. That's yeah. weird. But can't they tell if it contains it? I mean, how do you have a probability that it contains something? Just, you got the samples, look at them. But yeah. the samples taken after August 1st do not contain it. Well, we're in August... Fifth, seven. We're seventeenth now. I think uh, this story so is from like the fifteenth. Sounds like it's safe to go back in the water. But I. But it's maybe. Weird. 
maybe the mesothylene isn't considered the poison. It's just that it's a com- compound that they can test for easily, although not yeah. too easily if it's a probability thing, that is associated with other industrial, like, poisons or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that, those, maybe the, uh, okay, maybe that substance would disappear very quickly. And... Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be able to pick it up if it caused a problem a week ago. Oh, right. right. All they but can this say is, is a river too. Yeah. So regardless of how quickly the substance disappears, the water that it's in has long since gone past. Right. And the wildlife maybe is being affected by something that happened a week ago. Yeah. Um, but they're saying it'll take years for the river to get back to normal. Wow. Uh, they're also funny. saying it has uh, mud or something. High levels of mercury were, were found in the river. But aren't that in all rivers? Isn't that why like eating fish can be problematic in some areas of the world and stuff? I would think so. That reminds me of a Barney Miller episode where you, you had that Japanese guy. Um, yeah, I know who you mean. Why can't I think of his name? Isn't it just Wu or something? Yeah. Sergeant... But the, his character's name is... Uh, I gotta look this up. <laughs> Jack Sue is his name. Yamana. Okay. Nick Yamana was okay. his name. Sergeant uh, okay. He's like, uh, they shut down a thermometer, or they shut down the thermometer um, factory in Japan, and he said, why? He said, they found traces of uh, swordfish in it, in the mercury. <laughs> I always like that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We did flooding. So the Taliban violently disperses a demonstration by women's rights activists who were marching to the education ministry in Kabul uh, oh. to b- demand rights and stuff like that. They just... That's what the Taliban does. Why, why would you they expect just, them like, to be able to get away with that under Taliban rule? Yeah, they just corralled... They just chased them all away. And they beat some of the women and fired some gunshots in the air and got rid of them. Oh, okay. I know. Oh, like, that wasn't even that... I mean, that's not like Tiananmen Square violent. Right. Yeah, it wasn't violent as uh, it could have been. <clears throat> but it's one of those things that I would feel silly if I were one of them women. Yeah. Like, yeah, they didn't even kill anyone. Right. I mean, honestly, our government has been more violent in in dispersing some of the civil rights protests in the '60s. Maybe not our central government, but state governments. Yeah, the National Guard and where was that? Kent State shot Kent. like a mm-hmm. few people, and uh, right, that was the uh, the in Detroit, War, right, and then the uh, in in Alabama, some of the National Guard things. Yeah, they turned the hoses on them and. They just, they beat a few of them and chased them away, and then the protest was over. Right. So, I don't know what they think. It's not like, I think it's weird areas like that with totalitarian regimes controlling everything. It's like, what what do you think a protest, what is that for? What, I mean... Do they think the, the yeah, people what, in mean, charge are going to be like, oh, okay, I didn't think of that. 
you know, Let, it's let's like, let women. And is it like let's let women go to school, or is it like oh we have to pay for women to? What what exactly is the the? They're wanting to go to back to school, um, and they're not allowed in school. So, but there has to be some kind of control. You know, okay, the students of uh, of a city gather for a giant demonstration. There is kind mm-hmm. of a a show of power here, you know. Yeah. But a bunch of women who have no right to vote, and I don't know. It seems like a pointless uh, thing. I don't. Right. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have rights. I'm just saying that there's got to be a different way. The women in the country have to find a way to change the men, not by uh, when. They have to find a way of overpowering them. And protesting isn't going to be the right way. You know? It's like it's like kids protesting their parents, almost. Right. Not... It, not yeah. It's like the parents are in charge and they just spank them because they're so much stronger than them. You know? These women don't have anything... I don't know. Oh, well. Anyway, it was up quick and down quick. Um, mm-hmm. So... Okay, one person is killed and 17 injured when... This is in Pennsylvania, uh, Nescopec, Pennsylvania. There's a fundraiser, and it's for victims of a house fire that killed 10 people. And this guy drives his car into the crowd, killing one person, injuring 17 others. And then he was able to flee, and then he kills his mom... In a, in a in the town that he's he wasn't even from that town he goes to another town kills his mom before he's finally arrested what was his deal he like so this crowd was was there this is to not political crowd mourn the loss of these people who were who died in a house fire yeah and to raise money for them to you know I guess oh, for, their, for their family okay. members yeah and this guy drove into the crowd and then drove off and went and killed his mom? Yeah. It's insane. This is bizarre. We're getting so many weird things like this. They, and and we're getting all these shootings and mass killings that have nothing to do with politics that I don't know. I. But you know, it makes me wonder has this really been going on all along anyway and the only reason we hear about it now is because we have the internet? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, the only way to tell... It it happens in one city, maybe once. Like, that city's never going to experience something like that again. Right. So even going through newspapers, unless you had some way to... Unless you could go through all the newspapers in America for, say, 10 straight day years and find out how many mass killings there were... You'd never know that it... Right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's a lawsuit filed against the CIA and specifically Mike, Mike Pompeo saying that the agency spied on lawyers and journalists who met with Julian Assange, the, uh, the whistleblower, the, the WikiLeaks right. guy. Yeah. So I don't, that's what they do. They spy on people. That's, <laughs> that's all they do. Well, they spy and then they raid families and stuff like that. Um, right. 
But but the CIA specifically is not supposed to operate in any capacity on American soil. Yeah, but That's, see, I, I don't know. That might be the thing. Julian Assange is not American. Right, and that's the thing is, okay, they're not supposed to operate on American soil except when there's a foreign person involved. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. As far as I know, he's in in jail right now, ain't he? Mm, I thought so. I I don't even know where. I mean, we've talked before about him that that he kind of needed to happen. We needed him, um, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, it sounds like he's complaining that the CIA they have overcome for doing what the CIA does. Yeah, where the CIA can sue Julian Assange for leaking documents, which is specifically what he does. Everybody can <laughs> yeah. sue each other for these things. Doing that, what they do. Uh, I'm yeah. going to sue my dog for pissing. <laughs> uh. So, okay, in Pakistan, two policemen are killed when a gunman opens fire um, on them. What they were doing is escorting polio workers. Now, what what kind of workers? I don't know what a polio worker is, other than possibly, uh, you know... Like nurses and doctors? Yeah, I think so. I think this is, I think this is more Bill Gates' thing, where he's... He's oh. testing polio vaccine on people. I think these are vaccinators. These who, are people uh, who are operating under gates to to do his secret vaccinations. I think that's what it is because this is the second time I've seen violence against quote polio workers in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, so there must be some people in Pakistan who kind of are onto the what's what. Yeah, I think. Okay, this is. Maybe the kind of political violence I would endorse in a place like Pakistan, where there are enough, if there's some sort of organization that can decide a change needs to be made and then mm-hmm. have enough power to make the change. And plus the fact that they're giving all these kids polio vaccines. Now, it could be that this is just a normal polio vaccine. And the Pakistanians are resisting it for one reason or other. I mean... Oh, right. Well... They could just yeah. be anti-vaxxers. I don't know. Right. But, uh, but that's know, the way they're supposed to be painted. Campaign, then, you know, that's... Yeah. You can see why they'd be against it, maybe. Yeah. Um, the High Court of Australia rules that Google is not liable for defamation by serving hyperlinks to its normal search results. I would say, yeah, that's great. I'm surprised that they had to rule it. But, except that, uh, but Google is deciding now to not serve certain links, which means that they are liable. You know? If if Google's gonna control, run these algorithms that are supposed to, if they're if they're fighting, quote, misinformation, well, then they should be liable for the, the links that they serve. They they should be liable for... Misinformation. Um, That's, that for damages. their assessment of what counts as misinformation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, oh, and, and any the, damage the that it causes. I, you know, going back to 
for a long time, there's been the, the whole back and forth about, oh, you know, should we treat things like Google and, and other, uh, uh, Google's just a search engine, but, but yeah. also even things like social media, like, like Facebook and stuff with these algorithm curated things, should we treat them like public utilities and regulate the heck out of them? Or should we allow them to have their, well, I'm just a private company. I get to do what I want. Um, and I've always been of the mind of they are a private company. They get to do what they want. And therefore, they don't get any special protections. Right. Against that, lawsuits and that kind of thing. That should be the way it operates. That's, yeah. I mean, it's not just a simple algorithm. There are people controlling it. And there are people trying to... Suppress information, and mm-hmm. since they are allowed to do that, they should be liable for the information that they serve. Right. If they didn't suppress the information, there might be an argument just, for some kind of uh, protection. Right. Right. But if their algorithm was entirely based on uh, click-throughs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, then sure, okay, it is what it is. It just falls out. But. Um, I don't know. It's weird how this organization didn't exist 20 years ago, and now it's practically running countries. It's so bizarre. Uh, that's all the news I got. Okay. All right, so I've got some nonsense here. The first nonsense I've got is this weird... I don't even know what to call it. I, to call it an article is to give it too much credit. But but this thing, this this screed uh, published by the in, in the Atlantic, uh, the title is "The Extremist Gun Culture Trying to Co-opt the Rosary." Um, oh yeah, I, I heard about that. The, the original article, um, but I mean, to, just to give you an example of a, uh, it's like it's such a a disconsonant collection of sentences and thoughts. It's so incoherent that it's difficult to even try to address it seriously as a, you know, as a, a thoughtful work to try to engage it at all. Right. But here's an, here's, here's one. I'm just going to read this sentence verbatim. The rosary as weapon, and that's rosary hyphen or rosary. Yeah. Hyphen as hyphen weapon. The rosary as weapon also gives rad trad Catholic men both a distinctive signifier within Christian nationalism and a sort of membership pass to the movement. That's such a weird sentence. I have no idea what he actually means, but I decided that one of my new uh, phrases, I'm going to take this rosary as weapon. Rosary as weapon. Yep, rosary as weapon, but... I'm going to make it a um, a uh, acronym, so R A W, and so the phrase is "Go Raw." Go, go raw. Rosary as weapon. Go raw. All right. Well, we'll print up. You some, heard it uh, here first, folks. Go raw. We will print up some. Uh, well, not print. We will make up some some things to go along with our circle the beats campaign yeah that's and... right circle the beat go raw and circle the beads <laughs> I, know, I 
we ought to be able to get some bumper stickers or something made up that that are yeah. you know cheap and that we could just give out to people, not try to sell or anything. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so that's uh, just wanted to mention that I I was listening to a couple of different podcasts on this uh, this this weird thing in the Atlantic. I I, I guess yeah. I, I don't know. This is such a weird. Like I said, it's it's just a a, a, a discombobulation of of thoughts and sentences here. It makes no, no coherent sense as a whole, but I was listening to that. And, and as you know, the, in both different podcasts that I was listening to, they read this sentence about rosary as weapon. I thought, wow, that is just such a cool thing. Rosary as weapon. And we just turn it into raw. Yeah. Okay. So now on to some actual story. So this is something right out of uh, an episode of Scooby-Doo. A car thief hid himself inside a giant teddy bear. He was eventually found and uh, sentenced to jail. But um, in fact, this this is this what is was weird. He, was he hiding from the cops who were like serving a sentence or? It says a man from England stole a car and tried to hide from law enforcement inside a giant teddy bear, according to the Greater Manchester Police Department. I, I guess he was hide, hiding from the cops. Um, I, but so, like, the, maybe the teddy they were bear there itself is about five feet tall. Yeah, I'm we looking saw this at large it. bear breathing during a hunt for the thief. <laughs> okay, so they, they went into his apartment and say, okay, we're going to go get him. And they can't find them, and they look over, and, and there's, there's a teddy bear, bear breathing, taking breaths. <laughs> <laughs> that's like something. I mean, that's like the Scooby Doo stuff where where Shaggy will put on a uh, like a uh, costume as a waiter or something, and yeah, on the the ghost or whatever. <laughs> but I mean, you can imagine the situation where there's two or three cops in there, and eventually, the bear's so big. That any normal thinking cop, if the, if they're looking for just someone, just overlook it. Yeah, yeah, he would overlook it, but he would have to move it out of the way to make sure there wasn't a guy behind it or something. You know? Oh, that's true. <laughs> so eventually, they're going to get around to moving that thing. But then, as he's mm-hmm. looking at that, he notices that it's moving, and he nudges his other uh, his partner. Like, check this out. He's in the bear. <laughs> But here's the thing. I'm I'm looking at the pictures and it's got the bear turned on its back and there's this little rip in the in the like at the bottom of the leg. It's it like must be a small guy. How did a man fit through that rip? <laughs> yeah. He was his he must have been a small dude. He had to be small. Yeah. Alright, so this just reminded me of um you know that um Roger Miller song, The Day I Jumped from Uncle Harvey's Plane. Oh, yeah. And and he's talking about the plane, and, you know, well, this isn't, like, jumping, but apparently an airplane in the sky lost a piece, <laughs> which fell down close to somebody uh, somebody's house in Maine. Or, no, outside the Maine uh, State House. Uh, landed they with probably thought band, they were being bombed. Capitol Police worker. <laughs> They probably thought they were being bombed or something. I know. That would scare you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, wonder but, what I mean, just 
just thinking about like, okay, you're you you're a passenger, you're boarding this plane, and then in mid-flight, this plane is gonna a piece lose falls a piece. off. Yeah. Yikes. I wonder exactly. if it was like a like a major plane, like a like a Delta, or was it just a uh, uh, like some little crop circle? Believes the metal sleeve came from a wing flap of a large passenger jet. Wow, they don't even know where it came from yet. And all planes landed safely that day. So yeah, we don't know which actual plane it was from. And they'll never tell us. You'll never hear Delta say, yeah, that was our plane. Oh yeah, our plane. (laughs) We forgot to staple that down. That's mine. It's mine. (laughs) The guy ran out of rivets. And while he was going to get some more, the uh, plane just went ahead and shipped off the line. (laughs) Yeah. I imagine that it would be fairly easy to figure out uh, if you have access to the flight uh, schedules and stuff. You know the National Transportation Safety Board is is on it. And they probably already know exactly which airplane this came from. Yeah. I just don't know why they they won't just tell people. (laughs) Yeah, they should tell Let's see, this is... August 15th is, is when this particular uh, news story in the Associated Press is from. I'll have to keep on this and see if we, if I can get more information. Yeah, I'm going to put that on a note for next week. <laughs> because I just, I got to wonder whose that was. And the yeah. fact that they're saying it's a transatlantic jet. No, Not transatlantic. Just an okay, so that's a big one. So yeah, okay, that makes yeah, sense. There was a big and, yeah. and it's like, wow. It would have been really way up there. That's, that's oh scary. yeah, real. I well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one, uh, monkey see, monkey do. I guess. Um, so, you know, I, it's only three numbers. You could dial it randomly, but apparently. Um, in uh, San Luis Obispo, California, I don't even know if I'm saying that name right. Um, the Obispo County Sheriff's Office uh, responded to a 911 call that seems to have come from the zoo, and they think that a little capuchin monkey is who actually dialed the 911. Hmm. They said the call disconnected and dispatchers tried to call and text back, but there was no response. So deputies were sent to investigate. The address turned out to be a zoo and the deputies found no one there made the call. They finally deduced that this Capuchin monkey named Route had apparently picked up the zoo's cell phone, which was in a golf cart uh, that the workers used to uh, move about the property. (laughs) Have your kids ever called 911? Um, Not accidentally, no. Okay. I did. I mean, I was at home one time. I got a phone call and I picked it up. And sir, this is nine one one operator. Your children are playing with the phone. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, little brat. That's funny. <laughs> she didn't even ask if everyone was all right. She's like, she your children are your playing, with, are the playing with the phone. <laughs> they were. They were. There's probably some set of uh, 911 prank calls you can make. I mean, you know, like the, the ones when we were kids. Is your refrigerator running? That kind of stuff. No, this was <laughs> probably an automatic dial thing. Remember phones used to have 911 as one of the uh, one-touch dial? And 
before you oh. could program them, they would only have like three out of dial numbers. One of them would be nine one one. Oh, so if you you could very this easily a long butt time dial ago. or something. Yeah. yeah. Or a kid <clears throat> picks it up and just starts pressing buttons and presses that I one, see. and it calls nine one one. Yep. I I think that's what it was. Well, you know, there's a reason that that at least in America, because because the the number's different in other countries, but we got the nine one one, but the nine and the one are like far opposite ends of the keypad. Yeah, so that you don't accidentally to avoid uh, stuff like that, <laughs> you have to do it deliberately. Well, I guess a Capuchin monkey can can do it accidentally. Can figure it out. Or a lot of times, if you hold down one button for a long time, it will automatically call nine one one. Really? I never heard of that. Yeah. I I think that's a thing. Huh. Maybe I'm wrong. For some well, reason that sticks in my head. Yeah, I mean it could be. I don't know. And my last item today is just kind of a fun video of some bears that that uh like I guess this these people had some patio furniture and a hammock and stuff out and these bears found it and they're just kinda of like playing around. <laughs> Kind of like you're Goldilocks just, in reverse. You're always trying to give me bear nightmares. <laughs> this is not nightmarish. These are just fun to watch. But it's bears. And every time we talk about bears, I have a bear nightmare. Seriously? They're scary. Think They're, about know, how you would feel. Bear, I mean, look at this bear in this hammock. Okay, yeah. It's a little one. But mama <laughs> bear comes around sooner or later. Okay, yeah, Mama Bear's going to say, okay, let me show you Mama kids how to do this. Stupid kids. She trips. <laughs> it she looks just, like she's dead. It goes all the way to the ground. <laughs> it looks like she's taking a nap. <laughs> I'm still going to have a bear nightmare. All right, well, okay, I'll try to avoid the bear stories from now, but that was just so fun. <laughs> Every week it's a bear story all right maybe next time i'll have a moose story or something i don't know we'll okay see. yeah i don't have that that's have that's all the stories i got okay right. so um so here's the thing you, you remember uh trivial pursuit yeah do, do you remember the colors that were on yeah okay yeah, well, yeah science history i don't know what's that what you, oh you don't remember the colors you just remember the the categories yeah what, oh, okay. Do I don't remember. So it looks like there's orange, green, yellow, um, brown, red, purple. Okay. I like purple. Let's go with purple. Okay, let's do purple. Uh, okay, so trivia question from the Bible is, what prophet wrote, we all like sheep have gone astray? You know, that's one of those, it's like... All of them. <laughs> well... <laughs> No, but it's like um, I don't. If you're going to start know. with what prophet wrote, it's almost always going to be Isaiah, uh, yeah. because Isaiah, is, like the book of Isaiah, is so huge. Anyway, so Isaiah 53, um, it's talking about the Lord's suffering servant. Of course, Isaiah was was a very messianic prophet. Who has believed what we have heard, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? 
for he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or comeliness that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, upon him was the chastisement that made us whole, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I would say so, uh, that kind of fits right into our uh, subject this week, you know? It kind of does, doesn't it? I mean, we are the way we are in America right now because of going astray, because of sin in yep. the country and the fact that we put up with it so much. And now now we're in trouble. And it's one of those things that you can go try to start these little wars, but right now our duty is to suffer and yeah. offer that up and to and try to exact change legally. Just like uh, the... the the prophet says, you know, Jesus, the, you know, he's talking about Jesus, obviously. He has borne our iniquities. He suffered and died on the cross. And now our best hope is to take our sufferings and join them to the cross. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing about uh, Bible trivia. I'm, I'm not very good at any Bible trivia, but I'm especially bad at uh, Old Testament Bible oh, trivia. Oh, right. This especially is, the prophet. He's After Exodus, of... it's like boring until... It's not boring. I lose the story after Exodus because yeah, until, there's, there's no so story. much back and got, forth. You've got wisdom literature and then you've got prophets who, who I mean, I mean, let's face it. Some of these prophets, it's like if it weren't the Bible, we would think this is just some guy on an LSD trip. Yeah. I mean, is he, uh, Zechariah, whoa, man. And, and the thing is, if it weren't for the Bible, no one would know of their existence. It's yeah, not exactly. a huge part of the history of Judea. Or at least right. a, a, it's only written because it's written. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so... That's our Bible. Bible. We're going to do a Bible say, trivia. I forgot about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, We're going to do Bible the, the trivia at the end of each show. The categories are Old Testament... New Testament, objects slash events, places, numbers, like how many of this and which in the order was this, that kind of thing. Not not the book yeah. of numbers, but, but numbers in the Bible. And then just general. What's interesting to me is that, okay, instead of general, I would have made a category called people. Yeah. But they, don't, they didn't do it that way. I, this won't be a complete Bible history. Um, it's something that my daughter-in-law bought me um, for Father's Day. Uh, came yeah. from Hobby Lobby. Probably it's just the Protestant Bible, so there's going to be some missing books and stuff like that. Right. Well, is, anyway. So does each card have one of those categories? No, each card has all six categories. Okay. But I thought we so would what's just the New Testament, pick. that one? What's that? What's the New Testament on that one? Uh, okay, let me go find the card. Lost it already. Did you put it away? I, I was thinking that, hold on, I just put it at the back of the, um, oh, the New Testament, you'll know this one. Who previously had five husbands, 
and then lived with another man. Oh, the the Samaritan woman, right? Exactly. No. Okay. Woman yeah. At the well. Yeah. See, New Testament's easy. See, I, I know what, more what about I want to do is get um, because I like the Trivial Pursuit game. You ha- you use dice and you go around the board and then you land on the places where you can yeah get a question and get a wedge. But I want to get like a spinner where I can spin it and it'll come up with a category, and we use okay. and that'll be our category or something like that. Well, you could just make one on your computer. Well, that's true, or my phone even. Your randomizer. That's right. So All right. anyway, we'll start doing that, and and you know we'll we'll pull it up. This is not going to be a challenge. I'm not like challenging my brother because I don't know these answers either. But when we do find him, we'll go look him up in the Bible and uh, read a little bit of uh, context and stuff like Something that. Something extra because we we started doing the saints, but that. Uh, got away from me. This is something we can do with less research. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're just lazier here. But uh, all right. Well, anyway, uh, think about what we said. And as always, go raw and circle the beads. Go raw and circle the beads. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'll have to come up with some. Bye.